Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. <laughs> Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car. Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez. Remember the three ABCs of divine mercy? A. Ask God for mercy. B. Be merciful to others. And C. Complete trust in Jesus' mercy. Eddie, hope you had a great weekend, brother. We're going to have a good show today. Good deal, Jess. How are you? Reporting you for duty, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, I want to put uh, two quick videos, and then I want to have a conversation with you. Father Ripperger does a, qu a, a quick little soundbite on, it's called uh, Spiritual Warfare and Communism, and he talks about the way communists and demons have a desire to destroy us. And then the second clip we're going to play, and we'll talk about it as well, he says the way communists and demons, both of them, there are 47 little videos that he does showing the behavior that communists and demons are very consistent. They're, they're, they're congruent. And, and he did this video because this is what we're dealing with in America today is communism and the diabolical. So the second video that we're going to play is Father Ripperger talks about the way communists reveal their methods. Once they control you, once you're their prisoner, then they tell you, here's what we're going to do to you, or here's what we've been doing to you. And that's what demons do. Once demons possess you, they control you, they afflict you. Now they tell you, this is what we're going to do to you. And we're going to continue doing this to you. So, Mr. Engineer, can you play the first clip? One of the things that exorcists notice among demons is their animus delendi, which is a Latin phrase, which means the desire to destroy. Demons desire to destroy everything that reflects God in any way because of their hatred for God. And this is why they want to destroy everything. The animus delendi is not just a desire to destroy but it's almost a compulsion, just a desire, but a compulsion in which a person is driven to destroy everything he gets his hands on. We've already seen this in, in this, in the case in relationship to demons insofar as they maximize damage within the context, uh, or in the, in, in the context in which they are capable. Demons are incapable of seeking the good of an individual society, cultural or nation. They're just incapable because they're bent on evil. It is a sign of malice. Malice is, is defined by St. Thomas Aquinas as when a person chooses the lesser good over the greater good. Now here we're talking about, like, for example, we tend to think as malice as when the person intentionally chooses evil. The philosophers are very clear. People are not capable of choosing evil as such. They can only choose evil under the aspect of the good. And that's what we're talking about, that the person becomes malicious because they choose evil under the aspect of the good rather than choosing the true good. And so as the malice, as the person makes choices in relationship to the malice, in relationship to the demons, that means that once they made their choice of the lesser good, rather than doing the will of God, but doing the lesser good, their will became fixed in choosing and seeking after the lesser good. I've already mentioned that communists maximize damage in relationship to everything that they control. They try to, it doesn't matter what they get their hands on, they maximize the damage. They use destruction in order to cause division and strife within a culture so that they can take it over. That's what it is. Because when a culture becomes divided and become, and there's all this strife, 
In other words, they create the problem and then they step in as the solution to the problem. When there is strife, the culture is weak and so that's when they can overthrow it. At the root of communism is ultimately malice, not just in relationship to human beings, but to God and to anything that is good. Not everybody who has an animus delendi in their heart is a communist. And even some communists in the beginning stages actually enter it for what might be considered altru altruistic motives. You know, they might have they might have good reasons why they entered into it. By that good reasons, I mean they have goodwill. But eventually, it turns out to be the case of the person slowly turning towards malice, unless he realizes and gets out of it of the various communist movements, and we see that from time to time. We just listened to, and by the way, this is something right now that since we're dealing with communists in the United States of America, the the incremental infiltration of communism in 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 our country as a result of the Democrat Party. <clears throat> this is why Father Ripperger did forty seven two to five minute clips, and he shows the history of communism and the behavior of communists. And it really describes the Democrat Party today in the country. And it describes Obama. It describes Biden. He doesn't mention their names, but you know exactly who he's alluding to. But what he's fascinating about this, as he describes the behavior of communists, he also describes the behavior of demons. And uh, if, if there's somebody who knows the behavior of demons more than anybody in the world, it is Father Ripperger. He's, writ he's written over 2,000 pages uh, an, an academic understanding of exorcism. No, nobody's ever written, not even close to what he's written, over 2,000 pages of an academic understanding on the intellectual attacks of a demon uh, and how they how they operate. And so I find it fascinating the way he connects the communist behavior, i.e. the Democrat Party and the culture of death and the woke liberals, is completely consistent with the way demons behave. And of course, uh, I mean, the connection is, is because uh, without a doubt, people who are communist, people who are woke liberals, these people are steeped in, 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 uh, in, in the culture of death ideology. And so without a doubt, they have psychological compatibility with a demon. Eddie, what did you think about this first clip? Interesting. Yeah, very interesting, Jesse. It's always great to listen to Father Ritberger. One of the things that I was thinking about was the fact that he said that um, they can choose a lesser good over uh, the greater good. And so I think that in the comparison with demons and even in even the, the communists is that by deception, they can present a a lesser good as a greater good, and it's it's throwing the exorcists off to some degree. Uh, and it's also throwing the, the Biden administrations off uh, to a certain, to a great, a great degree, just because we're, we're thinking that, that, Oh, they're okay. They're getting better. They're incrementally getting better, but the reality is they're incrementally getting worse and nobody's paying any attention to it. That's the problem. Yeah. I also find it interesting where, where father says that, uh, you know, demons, communists and demons, they have this compulsion uh, to destroy, destroy everything everything they get their hands on. They want to destroy the human person. They want to destroy our country. They want to destroy uh, law and order. They want to destroy law enforcement. They want to destroy our court system. They want to destroy the church. In fact, 
uh, ever since Roe versus Wade was passed, there's been over 400 attacks against Catholic churches. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. No, Jess. I mean, that's part of it. You know, another part of it, too, is is uh, somebody who has the financial means to support everything, law and order, the district attorneys, et cetera. And there's only one person that that points to. You and I both know it's it's George Soros. And so I think it's it's uh, it's something that we need to pay attention to, Jess. And this ultimately, I think, is what's going to happen is there's going to be an overlapping between the the uh, the culture and religion. And that's what that's what I think we're seeing the beginning of that the beginnings of that already. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Mis yeah Mr. Engineer, can you play the next clip? Revealing the method. Especially in cases of possession, exorcists have observed that the demon lies to let the possessed person know that he has them under their control. In other words, he just tells a person, You're, I have control of you, you belong to me, etc. And he likes to assert that there is nothing that they can do about it, that they just have to accept the fact that he is possessing them. Demons will also at times reveal to the person uh, what he's going to do with them. And then he will carry through with it. So in other words, once he realizes that he is in a position of strength or perceived strength and that he basically has control over the individual, he will simply tell them, this is what I'm going to do to you, right? This is, there's a book called The Hope of the Wicked. And then there they talk about the revealing of the method. And you see the communists actually use this tactic. Once they have you under control, they like to reveal to you what they're actually doing. Now, you may not recognize what they're saying at the time or even take it because a lot of times people who are normal people who go to work eight to five and lead a normal life, when they tell them they're going to do X, Y, and Z, it's so foreign to them that they don't even, it, they don't even, it doesn't even compute. So they just kind of dismiss it. They will openly reveal what they're going to do once they have you under their control. And this is why a lot of stuff that we see coming out of the UN and other government agencies is completely open about their intentions. You can go on to their website and read things about various agendas and that type of thing. And it's a bit mind blowing because at this point, they already feel like they have us under their control. Very interesting. Uh, the goal of communism is to control people. The goal, the goal of the Democrat party in this country is, uh, is uh, their goal is to control us. Uh, the the goal of the World Economic Forum is to control us, uh, and the goal of demons are to control us. Very interesting, the way a lot of these uh, international organizations and government organizations, they emulate the behavior of demons, Eddie. Jess, the funny thing is, what I caught here is, in order for that to happen, you have to be under their control, spiritually and, and culturally. And so my thoughts are, uh, you know, the, the deception is going to come when when you hear the Bible verses that talk about, uh, you know, the ruler of this world is driven out. Uh, that would be Satan. And so, no, that can't happen. You know, that, that's the, that's a deception that goes on. Uh, you know, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That's a Bible verse in James 4. Well, guess what? He, you He will flee from you, except that you're under the deception of him. And therefore, it seems as it's a falsehood. Amen. All right. We'll be... Uh going to the liver crystal method we're going to be talking about uh more with jess and eddie here on jesus 911 now back to jesus 911 if this call is not an emergency 
Dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez. I would just like to invite anybody in the East Coast that uh, if uh, you're able to right now, it actually started 15 minutes ago, there are hundreds of Catholics praying in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral, and they're praying, they're doing prayers of reparation, rosary prayer of reparation in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral, because there was a funeral that was held last week at St. Patrick's Cathedral for a homosexual LGBT activist who was an atheist, in fact. And there was all kinds of blasphemy and sacrilege uh, and mocking that occurred in, inside uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral. Uh, there was a lot of drag queens. Uh, they were applauding. They were they were shouting. They were dressed very uh, immodest. They were ridiculing the church. They defiled the house of God. And so uh, hundreds of Catholics out there in the East Coast in the New York area, they've been doing three days of reparation prayer, a public rosary. It's peaceful. It's legal. And, uh, and it was... Uh, started on Saturday at 12 noon, Sunday at 12 noon, and today at 12 noon in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral. They're gathering on the public sidewalk, and uh, those Catholics and ourselves, we're asking God to have mercy uh, and for and for God to accept our prayers in, in public reparation for the sins committed against our Lord inside St. Patrick's Cathedral. Ed, you have a comment on that? Yeah, just, you know, it was just, yeah, I saw the entire video. The whole thing was just prof profane. It was, it was sacrilegious, Jess. I mean, it shouldn't ever, ever have happened. Uh, I think they called an audible in there because somebody told the priest, uh, let's have a service instead of the funeral mass. So I, I think that's what happened. But you know, Jess, um, it, it should have never, somebody didn't do their homework. Somebody didn't uh, think about this right. And, and they didn't uh, act accordingly. So yeah, they, we need reparation for what did happen in the, uh, in the cathedral. Yeah, Eddie. And, and I'll tell you, uh, it's time for Cardinal Dolan to retire. I mean, I'm telling you, he just, uh, this is, this is going to be a black mark on his, uh, you know, on, on his record as the Cardinal of Archbishop of New York. This should have never happened on his watch. And, uh, you know, this is just one of many instances where maybe, you know, Cardinal Mahoney should follow Pope Benedict and say, hey, you know what? I think it's time for me just to step down and resign. That's right. Yeah. Exactly, Jess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Eddie, we're going to talk about now the uh, the diabolic lies and removing grace and obstacles to grace. This is part of the liber crystal method. People that come to the church and they're seeking healing and deliverance, these are some of the things that under the liberal crystal me method and protocol, this is what the person has to uh, submit to in order for them to be healed and to be delivered. They have to, first of all, quit believing the diabolic lies, and they have to be willing to remove the demonic obstacles or the obstacles to grace. I talked to a person last week, came into the parish, and I did an interview, and uh, the person told me, he goes, uh, I said, so tell me a little bit about yourself. You married this, that, and the other. And he goes, well, I got one kind of weakness. I said, what is it? What, what is it? He goes, I like to sleep with prostitutes. I said, okay. When was the last time you slept with a prostitute? He goes, oh, yesterday. I said, so you're coming to the church? To be... I said, about how many prostitutes have you slept with? He goes, oh, yes, it's probably maybe about 100. I said, uh, 
as I told them, this is probably where more than likely you've opened yourself up to the diabolic. I said, that's the door. That's the portal that you've opened up. Sexual perversion. Are you married? He goes, yeah, but you know, I just keep this from my wife. And so then I said, okay, all right, dude. Uh, you, you, I said, I don't even care if the Pope lays hands on you and does the rite of exorcism. Nothing's going to happen. I said, because you choose to live in objective mortal sin. I said, until you reorder your life completely and choose to start living a clean life in a state of grace. I said, I don't care if a Pope puts, lays hands on you. I said, there's nothing that's going to happen to you because uh, you, you've invited. Uh, uh, this is classic soul ties. Can you imagine? He said he's been with a hundred prostitutes. Can you imagine each prostitute, how many people they've been with and how many of those prostitutes have actually been fully possessed by, by de demons and you're uniting your body with them. St. Paul says, when you unite your body with a prostitute, he goes, you become one with her. And guess what? All the spiritual baggage that she has, which is possession, probably in most cases, I said, guess what, my friend, uh, you know, uh, now you've, uh, you, you've, you've taken on her baggage. Now you're going to get possessed. So, yeah, Eddie, a lot of people that come seeking help in the church, they don't want to clean up their life, but they want the pain to go away. They want the uh, the uh, the torment to go away, but they don't want to do the heavy lifting themselves. Yeah, Jess, it didn't sound very like he had a lot of contrition while he was telling this. <laughs> and Jess, you know, it, it's just kind of bragging about it. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. it like, yeah. You know, Jess, actually, that's habitual. When he's been with so many prostitutes, that's a habit. So he's going to have to break it spiritually, but he's, yeah. he's also going to have to break it, uh, uh, you know, just every day. You, you can't be with prostitutes. That That's an extensive uh, deliverance there, Jess. Deliverance or healing, <laughs> uh, that's a, that's extensive right there. Yeah. That was going to take years, Eddie, because this guy just had, <laughs> I mean, this guy just has some, some his the bad habits are just embedded. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're habituated. All right, Eddie, you want to pick it up there from uh, that chapter? Right. Diabolic lies and removing obstacles to grace. One of Roger's rules is how to handle enemy prisoners. If we take prisoners, he counsels, we keep them separate till we have them till we have had time to examine them so they can't hook, uh, cook up a story between them. One of the main sources that our spiritual enemy likes to cook up is to present a better way out of the problems uh, we face than fidelity to the church's teaching. That's what we were just talking about. Yep. An honest and close examination of your life may reveal precisely this. At some point, you were confronted with a cross or a difficult decision and let the demon convince you that uh, his was an easier or a quicker way out. For this reason, the scriptures speak of the snares of the evil one. Hmm. That's in Luke 21, uh, 1 Timothy 23, or 2 Timothy it says, because the demon uses various schemes and traps to enmesh you, but at uh, but this point you are being uh, you are beginning to recognize the demon has been cooking up a story. The words that God spoke through the prophet Hosea may also apply to you. When Israel was a child, I loved him. Out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the farther they went from me. Sacrificing, sacrificing to the balls, and burning incense to idols. That's all in Hosea eleven. This is the effect. That is the effects of the events of the past can linger and even block our return to God. And yet, God continues to call us into friendship. I drew them with 
band of love, he says through Hosea. Yet, though I stooped to feed my child, they did not know what that I was uh, their healer. Yeah, Eddie, all of us, you know, in a sense, especially here in America right now, we're living in spiritual Egypt under the Biden administration, under the Democrats. Uh, I think, you know, people of faith, we feel like we're in Egypt right now. We feel like we're under a pharaoh right now. Uh, we feel that the pharaoh is asking us to do things that are unlawful and unjust. And we see the pharaoh, you know, making us, having us uh, make uh, bricks with straw. Uh, in other words, the laws that that are that uh, through his executive orders, his anti-Christian laws are meant to just persecute us and harass us. Uh, and so, you know, the, the whole Christian life is is as Dan says, the whole metaphor. We're leaving this world system, this world governance, this world power, these world dictators, this cabal of evil men that really this oligarchy that run the world. And we're trying to go home to our father's house. That's what life is. You know, some people get stuck on the quicksand. Some get stuck on tar, you know, on tar pits. But that's the goal. We're all trying to get out of spiritual Egypt, which even the U.S., this country is not heaven. And we're trying to get, as the catechism calls heaven, the catechism calls heaven fatherland. Fatherland. Why? Because all of us in some way, shape, or form, we're all prodigal sons. And we've all been, been, uh, deceived by by the devil as he's uh you know tantalized us with all the creature comforts of this world so uh yeah i like the way dan uses that metaphor of, of you know spiritual egypt this is exactly what we're at you know just one of the things that, that uh, rang true with me is when we first started going to family conferences when terry would do it years and years ago in, in anaheim and long beach and uh, i remember that we you know we realized we were the first healers of our children we have authority over them but we also, you know, have a certain impact on their lives. Now, at some point, some of these people that were going to those conferences realized that because they had a fervor, a, a newly found fervor for God and the faith, etc., their children didn't kind of click with it. So I think that's one of the things he's trying to say when when he went through the uh, the whole litany there about, you know, uh, I, I called it, I called them, I loved them, I called them out of Egypt, etc., we did the same thing with our kids. And you know what? They didn't respond right away, Jess. Yeah. That's something I think uh, we're feeling, a lot of us are feeling, especially in this culture. It's, it's progressed since back then in, in, in the 80s. But um, I'm just thinking to myself that uh, it, it, it reminded me of that, Jess, because a lot of times, uh, you know, we told our kids, we're going to attend a more solemn mass. We're going to be more conservative. We're going to, you know, watch out for abuses. We're going to be careful with that. And, and you know, Jess, um, they seem to have run further from us than when that first happened. Well, you know what, Eddie? That's exactly how the devil attacks us. He attacks us yes. to our children. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Just... that's, that's... And that that's to the heart, Jess. That goes to our heart. So oh, I can yeah. see where people can be deceived by that quite easily. Absolutely. Go ahead, Eddie. Pick it up from there. Pick it up where you left off. The uh, the enemy undoubtedly has cooked up a story, convincing you that returning to God is impossible and that healing is impossible. Jesus, however, says the opposite. I no longer call you slaves. I have called you friends. John 15. Divine friendship is made possible through your baptismal dignity. But once this is forfeited through grave sin and heretical beliefs and practices, the demon lays claim, albeit false, to the soul and begins his destructive activity. 
You may have given him permission through sinful activity, but you belong by right to Christ through the seal of holy baptism. The release of baptismal graces, therefore, must be preceded by a penitential disposition, contrition, repentance, metanoia, etc., so as to unlock its salvific effects. The demons will not leave simply by the merits of, your, of our baptism, as some falsely assert. He will, however, yield when he's forced to do so. Um, here's an important uh, distinction in language, because a lot of people oftentimes get it wrong especially people that are diabolically afflicted and they're seeking help, they'll say, the demon has rights over me. The demon keeps telling me in my head that he has rights over me. No, he's lying to you. The only, If you're baptized, the only person that has rights over you is God. You belong to God through baptism. Now, through mortal sin, you've given the demon permission. So that's the word. You've given him permission, but you can take back that permission with a good confession and return into a life of sanctifying grace. We'll be right back. Jesus 911 will continue talking about Diabolic Lies and Removing Obstacles to Grace. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 526 2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. I love the uh the ABCs of divine mercy. A, ask God for mercy. B, be merciful to others. And C, completely trust in Jesus' mercy. We're talking about diabolic lies and removing great and removing obstacles to grace. You know, Eddie, this is the biggest thing that that Liver Crystal teaches is people get themselves in trouble through mortal sin, unconfessed, unrepented mortal sin over and over. So now they've invited a demon. They have psychological compatibility with a demon. Then they make it worse because they're also, since they're low information Catholics, as Father Ripperger says, demons enter through sin Demons remain through heresy. So a demon that's now afflicting a law-information Catholic, if that law-information Catholic is saying stupid things like, oh, I don't believe that the Eucharist is Jesus. It's just, it's just bread and wine. Mary had other children. Uh, the Bible's uh, it's a man-made book. It's got errors. If a possessed person or a diabolically afflicted person maintains doctrinal error, I don't need to go to confession to a priest. Guess what? Father Ripperger and his team say, the demons enter in through sin, but they hold, they hold on to the person through heresy. And so that's why it's that's why it's important to study your faith as Catholics. Turn off the TV, buy yourself a Baltimore catechism, and start reading it. Because it un, until the mind embraces the truth, uh, you know, the, if the mind is an intellectual darkness. You're not going to be able to drive the demon out. And let's just say the demon is driven out by, you know, minor exorcisms and solemn rite exorcisms. Let's say the demon is driven out. They're going to come right back, the Bible says, with seven others because you're intellectually malformed. And so how do you form your mind? The, the catechism says in paragraph 1776, through the word of God, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet. 
If the word if the word of God doesn't form your mind and it's not a lamp to your feet, guess what? You got no lamp. You're you're walking in complete darkness. Your be your behavior is gonna you're gonna fall into more and more sin because your intellect there's no light there's no there you're there, there's no lamp there as Psalm one nineteen says and so you're walking in darkness bumping into walls, uh, yeah. Yes, you know one of the things that I was thinking as you're talking is you know people have to understand that this is part of reordering your life. So yes. If you're at a Bible study or a men's group or a women's group and you hear a familiar bible verse a bible verse that you want write it down start yes. a list start a list like i did and you know have a whole list of these bible verses because we're not all just romero we cannot remember them like you do so we have to write them down and keep them handy and just add to them i've got seven or eight pages worth of these things now jess i'm gonna wow. hand them over to my kids when i'm gone so yes. I mean, it's just little stuff that you can Oh, that's what the Bible means. Oh, that's what the church teaches. Oh, I see. So there you have it where this is part of reordering your life. And this will stimulate you to do the whole thing, not just the Bible, but everything in your life. Yeah. You know what? I'll, here's a challenge. Just for some Catholics say, you know, Jess, I want a Lenten challenge or I want a 2024 challenge. Well, here's one. You can uh, read the Bible for a whole year with Father Mike Smitty. He does it on YouTube. He's got a it's like 20 minutes a day. It's it's reading the through the Bible in one year with Father Mike Schmidt. He's a great teacher. Uh, he's got a great personality, and uh, so I mean, they're just they're, I'm just throwing that out there for people that are saying, "Hey, you know what? I I, I kind of want to be challenged this year. What can I do?" There you go. Read the Bible in one year, twenty minutes a day with Father Mike Schmidt. Yeah. This is the church militant. That means we're still struggling through our, it's not embarrassing to do that. It, it's not embarrassing at all. That's part of what we have to do as Catholics to, yeah. to, to inform our minds. So we're not low information Catholics. And that's, that's <laughs> the beauty of it. We, you know, I think I'm a medium information Catholic. Now, <laughs> hey, you know, Eddie, but the problem is, is that we got people running our country in the white house that are low information Catholics. That's dangerous. And, yeah, that's and, and people, dangerous. yeah. And people that were running, uh, what the the uh, what's uh, the medical the medical aspect of the government? Fauci, what did he run? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. The medical, the uh, yeah, he, I know, he, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He's another low information. No, he's, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, he's yeah, he's you know that's somebody that those are these are people just that we wouldn't want us to lead spiritually, but we <laughs> we vote them in for. For, for these these positions that they don't belong and they don't deserve to belong in, so that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and yeah. Now, both Biden and Fauci need to go through the liver crystal four face protocol. Yeah, exactly. They probably would get, have a hard time getting rid of their their demons too. All right, hey, go ahead and pick it up from there. Okay, the challenge of Goliath to the men of Israel was clear: choose one of your men and have him come down to me. If he beats me in combat and kills me. We will be your vassals. But if I beat him and kill him, you shall be our vassals and serve us. Uh, slavery in Egypt was part of the ancestral memory of the Israelites. So this challenge must have been particularly difficult to hear. God called the Israelites out of Egypt, uh, sin and slavery, and into the desert, solitude with divine healer. There, there the Israelites complained against God and Moses, and even expressed their desire to return to slavery rather than face the hardship it would take to receive the promises of God. In the end, they were fearful and of, uh, they were fearful and lacking trust in God, both 
products of their mm. years in enslavement. That's what we were talking about just a little bit ago. They mm. they express a desire just to return to slavery rather than be free. We mm. go on. Goliath continued, I defy the ranks of Israel today. Give me a man and let us fight together. Not one man answered the challenge. In fact, we are told that Saul and all the men of Israel, when they heard this challenge, were dismayed and terror-stricken. That's the first thing the demon does, is invoke fear in you, to be afraid mm. of them. Literally, they were disordered out of wits, astonished, deranged, and uh, to the point of changing their minds, and thus dismayed and exceedingly violently afraid. Goliath continued his challenge the next day, and upon hearing him, uh, the soldiers remained very much afraid, and consequently, they all retreated before him. The demon uses similar tactics to keep you in fear, confusion, and dismay so that you will uh, retreat before him as the is Israelites before Goliath. Wow. In spiritual, uh, we'll go on, Jess. No, no, go, uh, ahead. go ahead. Okay, in, in spiritual battle, as in earthly battle, courage is needed. Courage moderates fear so that the man who has perfected the virtue of courage is not fearful in relation to those things which can be overcome. Rather, he rather he has caution, which is part of prudence. Many obstacles can militate against courage, leading to a rashness uh, which causes you to be deeply afraid and to retreat before the enemy. Learn to recognize the voice of Goliath as he shouts or whispers lies to you, keep uh, to keep fear to keep you in fear and make you retreat. Do not take the bait that he had laid into the trap to ensnare you. Goliath is like the serpent in the garden who, who enticed Eve, the talking snake, always cooked up a story. And even voicing your own fears uh, to you. Recall the words of David when he tells Goliath, Today the Lord will deliver you into my hands. First Samuel. God will act if you trust him. He will guide your stone. I Just love that. One of the he will guide your stone. Time. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we do. Uh, the oldest, my I remember this. My oldest son was one of the defectors we were talking about earlier, right? Mm -hmm. uh, people that he was afraid he didn't want to progress with his with his faith. And so I remember that one day he came to me when he had finally found the one, and he says, uh, "Dad, Mom, we're going to get married. Okay, that's great. And um, uh, we want the traditional priest that was in our other parish, who was long gone from there now, <laughs> and we'd like for him to marry us." I go, that's Father Steve? He goes, yes, Father Steve. I said, okay. So we looked at Father Steve. Ultimately, Jess, he got married. Uh, Father Steve married him. Father wow. Steve baptized their first baby. Wow. So we have to be patient when we're calling our kids out of their own personal Egypts, right? We have yes. to be, know, to know that God will do his work. And sometimes it's not in our time. It's in his time. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know what, Eddie? It's, it's, it's sometimes what it takes for a young man and a young woman to take life, to take life, to take the Lord serious, and that—that's what I call taking life serious—is yes. when they tie the knot. Yeah, and then they have their first child and get have buy a home. All of a sudden, uh, reality hits them in the hits them in the face like pie in the face. You know. Yeah, that's it. Just that's exactly what happens. And and everything that you taught them, all of a sudden they're saying it comes back. Wow, I guess mom yeah. and dad weren't that they weren't stupid after they were all. They're dumb, that's right. Yeah. So uh yeah, Eddie also something else uh, I like here what but Dan writes cuz I think all of us we have to watch out. Every one of us has a talking snake in our life. Yes. In other words, 
These are people that don't give you godly advice. They're like, yeah, you should leave your wife, man. Yeah, aren't you tired of her? Yeah, you know, you. In other words, everybody has somebody in their life, could be a family member or an acquaintance that doesn't give you good advice, that doesn't give you godly counsel, uh, you know, that tries to pull you away from the things of God. And so, uh, again, you have to make sure that you try to root out as much as possible all the talking snakes in your life. People that you know that are always negative, always, you know, uh, always, uh, you know, Debbie Downers, so to speak, uh, and, and always telling you things that, basically that don't line up with the word of God. That's, that's a talking snake. And, and you'll see a lot of that Eddie and deliverance where a lot of people, well, I went to my friend and my friend told me to do this. <laughs> the friend says something dumb, like, oh yeah, yeah. Get these crystals, you know, go up to a high mountain, you know, twirl around five times in the air and say this incantation, you'll be healed. Yeah. A lot of people have talking snakes in their life. Get rid of them. Yes, that's what we're so blessed to make it out of law enforcement because there's plenty of talking snakes in law enforcement. We get out of there. Thanks be to God. <laughs> yeah, there sure is. Okay, well, well, we'll we'll continue picking it up on the next. Uh, we're talking about the section of the book, the Liber Crystal Method, diabolic lies and removing obstacles to grace. Now, on the next segment, we're going to talk about leaving Egypt because that's very relevant. All of us have to leave Egypt. If we want to get to heaven, we'll be right back. Two-man car. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888 888- Five two six two one five one. Leaving Egypt, yep, and going to our Father's house, which is heaven. That's the next portion here of the Liber Crystal Method. Eddie, can you pick it up from here? Because this is a uh, this is really the meat of it right here. Yeah, just one of the things, really quick. I just wanted to mention we we kind of talked about it quickly last uh, last segment. We talked about uh, you know through sin and, and heresy the, the the demon holes. But just because somebody sins doesn't mean they're going to get a demon. All it means right. is that yeah. when you when you sin, you mortally sin, you seriously sin. It opens a door, and the 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 thing is that you don't want to leave a door open because you never know what's going to come in. That's what we're talking that's, about, that's right? right? Yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Just this is a uh, leaving Egypt. Uh, even though the Israelites had left Egypt, Egypt had not left had not left them. They had yet to make the about face and conform completely to God's will. Admittedly, this is not an easy task. What Moses and Aaron reported to Pharaoh applies to you today. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may celebrate a feast with me in the desert. That's in Exodus 5. Just as Israel's freedom from slavery was freedom for uh, union with God through right worship, also you must seek to be freed from spiritual bondage so that you can reconcile with God the Father through the sacramental and liturgical life of the church. Do you want to leave Egypt? Do you grumble or do you trust God? Uh, Can you leave all of Egypt, all physical and emotional reminders behind you? 
When people approach their local church for assistance for for uh, from from affliction, they often lack interior peace and emotional and psychological self control. They have not closed off interior portals to the demon who projects a barrage of emotions and memories. The first step towards interior freedom as the establishment of monastic type discipline uh, to include to to include a withdraw a withdrawal from the world and the ordering of your life to prayer. Sometimes, however, more is needed, and a second phase is introduced. As Moses exhorted the Israelites to fear not, stand your ground, so you must engage your will to choose to be free. St. Augustine said, God who created you without your consent will not save you without your consent. Wow. Accordingly, you can be a passive recipient uh, Father, or excuse me, uh, according to you, you cannot be a passive uh, recipient. Rather, you must be an active agent in your own liberation. And that's what we've mentioned a bunch of times here, Jessica, but it's important to mention again, we have to be the one who chooses to be free. It can't be forced on us. That's right. The The priest can't choose to be to, for you to be free. He can't choose that for you. You have to choose it yourself. The priest can only help you. The church can only help you. You have to make that choice yourself. And a lot of people don't, to Eddie, they just want to go there and have the headache go away, but they don't want to change their life. They don't want to do the heavy lifting. Yeah, that's, and that's what you mean by the heavy lifting, Jess, is that yeah. you have to choose. So choosing it means you have to be serious and you have to get rid of these other things in your life, the, the sin in your life, all sin. And so that's, I think that's the, um, that's the crux we're at in this current generation, Jess, is to get rid of all. How do you get rid of sin, Jess, when you have shows that you're listening to, you have podcasts that you're listening to, you have TikTok reels? This is the trouble this society is in today, I think. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Continue in here. Yeah. In the early tradition of the church, Egypt was seen as a type of slavery from which Christ saved us. Origin 185 through 253 stated that you must not think that these events belong only to the past because you have recently abandoned the darkness of idolatry and you know and you now desire to to come and hear the divine law this is your departure from egypt when you become a catechumen and begin to obey the laws of the church he states that you pass through the red sea when you come to the baptismal font and in the presence of the priests and deacons are initiated into those sacred and August memories. Then, through the ministry of the priest, you will cross the Jordan and enter the promised land. There, Moses will hand you over to Jesus, and he himself will be your guide on your new journey. Similarly, St. Augustine said, you too left Egypt when, at baptism, you renounced the world, which is at enmity with God. Mm. Goes on. Yeah. You may have left Egypt in baptism, but returned to it through your sins. To leave Egypt means to cut all ties, physical and spiritual, with the enslavement of the past. Yeah, that's because that's a good that sentence that right there, that nails it right there. That last sentence, read it one more time because this is what people have to memorize this sentence because this is exactly why people are diabolically afflicted. To leave Egypt means to cut all ties physical and spiritual, with the enslavement of the past. There it is. Recall how the Israelites used the jewelry and artifacts that they brought with them from Egypt 
uh, and fashioned to a false idol. That's Exodus 32. The temptation continues, in other words, right? Thus, while they were physically freed from bondage, they were still very much spiritually enslaved by the demons of Egypt. St. Paul refers to this time in Israel's uh, past as a type for the Christian today and is worth stating at length here. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all of them were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, nor or for they drank from a spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, for they were struck down in the desert. So that's mm. what we're dealing with here now. Huh? Eddie, let me, let, me, let me mention one thing real quick. Yes. Right now you talked about the gods of Egypt. Fulton Sheen told us who the gods of America are. So I'll, I'll tell you what he said back in the early 70s before he passed away. Venable Fulton Sheen said that there's the three gods of America that would gain in, in power and in prominence he said, number one, Bacchus, the god of wine, marijuana, and intoxication, who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name, go to the foot of the cross. The second god that Fulton Sheen said that uh, is, is growing, in, is in America, and is growing in, in power and, and, and influence, is Venus, who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name, go to the foot of the cross, that he may do with you as he wills. That's the goddess of love and, and, and promiscuity and sexual perversion. The third god that Fulton Sheen said, and these are demons, obviously. When I say god, I say lowercase g. The third god that Fulton Sheen warned us in the 70s, he said, is Mammon, which is the god of money, the god of avarice, the god of greed, who we reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Go to the foot of the cross that he may do with you as he wills. Uh, and so... And and something interesting, in your neck of the woods, you, Eddie, you live in Los Angeles County. Every city, every major city has a demon assigned to that city by Satan. The demon that's revealed himself in many solemn exorcisms around the country as the demon that's assigned to Los Angeles, his name is the demon of unreality. We reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name. Every city has a demon. I haven't found out which the, who the demon is assigned to Phoenix, but I guess now I'm curious. I'm going to ask the exorcist. Any comments? Yeah, Jesse, you know, the unreality part makes a lot of sense. I forget that, that Bishop Shinnick mentioned that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the unreality of, 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 of life in L.A. is just incredible <laughs> right now. I mean, look what's happening. For us to think that there's some kind of realism involved with this is just not not the co it's not coherent, Jess. It's not coherent for us to think that. And I think also that the, the part of the unreality is that remember Los Angeles is pretty much you know that New York and LA more 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 Los Angeles is the media capital of the world. So what do they broadcast, Eddie, throughout the world is things that are not real, unreality, or as former President Trump said, fake news. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that there it is right there, just perfect. I mean, and that's all you hear on, on the news broadcast now, just so you hear that that nonsense going on. The 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 Nikki Haley has a, has a chance, you know. <laughs> she doesn't really. 
Not really, but uh, but anyway, these, these are some of the un, untruths that that we hear all the time. Uh, unreality, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Unreality in the media, especially. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Eddie. Pick it up. Okay. Um. So, why were the Israelites struck down? Saint Paul continues. These things happen as examples for us, so that we might not desire evil things as they did, and do not become idolaters as some of them did, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel, to revel, excuse me. Let us not indulge in immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell within a single day. Let us not test Christ as some of them uh, did and suffered death by serpents. Do not grumble as some of them did and suffered and suffer death by the destroyer. These things happen to them as an example, and they have been written down as a warning to us upon whom the end of the ages has come. 1 Corinthians 10. Even though God Good delivered stuff. them from slavery and did not dwell and did not... Wait. Even though God delivered them from slavery and now dwelled in their midst, St. Paul noted several things which attracted the serpents to them. One, desiring lust, desiring or lusting after evil things. Two, revelry, partying. Uh, here, the implication of ritual intoxication and sex as the apis uh, uh, ritual to a fertility god as before the golden bull. Uh, and uh, deviant sexual practices. The Greek word for porneo is glossed in as immorality, Okay. Uh, but that's the, those are the things just that that grabbed the people back then, and that's what's grabbing them to this very day. Really. Well, Eddie, Eddie, it even happened in the Vatican. It happened twice. Uh, the Italian police raided the Vatican twice, and they caught cardinals and bishops having a sex orgy with drugs. Uh, cardinal, they, one of them was at Cardinal Coco Palmero's apartment, and the police said, "Oh, dude, you're a high-ranking cardinal. You better you better go out through the back door. We don't want to arrest you. So get out of here." Yeah, he 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 works for the Pope right now. They were having a sex orgy and a drug-infested uh, orgy in his apartment. So this is not just happening in Egypt. It's even happening in the Vatican. That's that's shameful, Jess. That's shameful. And, you know, and I heard some priests one day say that the Antichrist is walking the halls of the Vatican in 2024. Uh, Father Omar said that. It's there's yeah, he, he was interviewed. He said that. There you go. Yeah. Let, note the behaviors that Eddie just talked about. They attract serpents, sexual behavior, and unholy speech. There must be a turning away from these things, a spiritual about face, so you can discern the clean from the unclean. That's a wrap. We'll see you guys next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. Thanks, Eddie. God bless you. Yes. Keep the faith. Yes, thank you, man.